Welcome to Take Note. This is episode 115, if my math is correct. I'm here with Adam. Hello, Adam. Hey, Ted. Ted, sometimes I like to, I like to, you know, like get a little, uh, little tipsy or just a little mm-hmm. off balance sometimes sure. before the show. You know, maybe, maybe I'll make myself an old fashioned. Maybe I'll just make myself a strong tea. Uh, today I just smashed my head into my six year old's <laughs> head. And hold on, my six year old just smashed his head into my head. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's how I'm doing. How are you doing? Altered states of being, I think, Altered that states. is what you're getting at. Yes, if I hadn't, Creating if I didn't insights. have a concussion, I may have been able to find that phrase myself. <laughs> I'm reading, uh, I'm reading uh, Hallucinations by Oliver Sacks, which, you know, just if you ever f- want to feel like your brain is not even really your own, <laughs> d- dig into some Oliver Sacks. He'll, uh, he'll set you straight about the... Just the absolute razor's edge we're all walking on here. Uh, This is, of course, our podcast about keeping a notebook in your pocket or on your person, maybe in one of your cargo pockets, uh, on your on your ripstop pants. There, your wide your wide legs. I want to get some Uh, more ripstop pants. They're all like buried in the bottom of my closet. Memories of uh, Army Navy surplus store shopping. Um, I was convinced that I started the cargo pants trend at my high school after I got some some of those at the, the Army-Navy surplus down in Galveston. Colonel Bubbies. That's why you were voted most likely to be convinced that he started the cargo pants trend, right? Yeah. yeah. very. It's weird how, how that, that yearbook category so aligned <laughs> with my own personal <laughs> achievement. Uh, but it's also about taking out that notebook uh, writing, writing down what you see, what you hear, what you think, what you feel, and so here we are. In every every episode, we ask each other, "What do you got?" Which means, "What did you write down recently in your notebook, Adam? What do you got?" All right. Well, this is very upsetting. I wrote down, "Salesman: colon, quote, You seem like a very cool guy," and that is what a door-to-door salesman said to me after I said no, thank you to him. <laughs> uh, and um, it was very, very upsetting to me, truly. I, I couldn't stop talking about it. I talked about it in a professional meeting shortly after it happened. <laughs> By a professional meeting, I don't mean a meeting that I paid to attend uh, <laughs> on a couch. I mean, uh, you know, I was on a little uh, teleconference, and I uh, guy was like, you guys wouldn't believe what happened. But this guy, you know, dog starts barking like crazy. I'm trying to take my youngest to kindergarten. He goes to kindergarten in the <laughs> afternoon. Can't figure out why the dog's barking. I uh, open the door and there, there's a guy selling, uh, I don't know, he's given, what is he doing? He's offering quotes on roofs. Um, and a uh, side note, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I saw this guy the day before and he's just wearing a different jacket, but I, I'm not <laughs> sure about that. Um, yep. And so I see him, dog's freaking out. I was like, oh, no thanks. He's like, you don't even know what I'm, what I'm selling. Well, no thanks to what? And I was like, you, you know, you, you can hear my dog barking out. I got to take my kid to kindergarten. No thanks. He says to me, you seem like a very cool guy. <laughs> just, just, just knew exactly what to say. I want to, I want to believe he says that to everybody. Um, yeah. I don't know. Really? I don't me. know. I think he just sensed something about you. <laughs> you that just, I was a really cool guy. You just, I mean, <laughs> or something cool else. guy stuff 
admitting you're about to take your kid to kindergarten. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's cool guy stuff. Yep, that is cool guy stuff. <laughs> he, yeah, I should have. Yeah, he probably sensed that I had a podcast about stationery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ted, what do you got? All right. Uh, writing down in my traveler's notebook, it's blank. I've been using it for a little while now. I've enjoyed the blankiness of it, the lack of guardrails, really letting letting things fly. I uh, wrote down a, a little snippet from somewhere, some book, can't remember. But apparently, uh, Guy du Maupassant, the writer, explained that the only reason that he ate at the restaurant in the Eiffel Tower, a restaurant he didn't even particularly enjoy, was because it was the only restaurant in all of Paris from which he didn't have to see the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Just thought that was remarkable. It is. What do you got, Adam? All right, this one actually is upsetting. Uh, I've been reading the very long story in The New Yorker surviving the crackdown in Xinjiang about the mass detention centers for... Hold on. I know this is going to get heavy, but... Was the New Yorker magazine in sight of the sales guy when he <laughs> mentioned the cool guy thing? I said, I was like, the dog's freaking out. I got to take my son to kindergarten. I'm trying to finish the long story about Xinjiang and the New Yorker. And he said, oh, you seem like a very cool guy. Yeah. I knew it. Anyway. There had to be a good reason. Yeah, anyway. that's right. <laughs> that's right. This is an amazing story. Uh, it's very long. I think I'm like three quarters of the way through. But I'd written this in my notebook because it just blew me away. Um, reading about the crackdowns in, in Xinjiang, 500 million cameras in China with facial recognition software that can spot a Uyghur face. So they can discern whether it's a face of a Uyghur person or not, or a Uyghur or not. Also, QR codes posted outside Xinjiang houses so security can scan them to learn about the people who live inside the house. Uh, those are just a couple of like the very, very frightening details of some of what's going on in Xinjiang. Inside this house lives a podcaster. Beware. He's a very cool guy. <laughs> he may sway you with his charisma and his charm. <laughs> yeah. What do you got, Ted? Uh, all right. Uh, the opposite of the New Yorker magazine. A comment left on a YouTube video of the You Put Your Weed In It Saturday Night Live sketch, which you may recall is uh, is uh, Rob... What's that guy? Schneider? Remember his name. Rob Schneider applying his comedic genius to uh, say that everything in his store, you, you put your weed in it. Uh, so this is the comment. Wow, my friends quoted this constantly from like 1994 to 2004, and I had no idea what it was. Thanks, dystopian future, for harvesting all data and consolidating it to remove any remaining mystery. If this guy thinks that's bad, he should uh, should read this New Yorker article. (laughs) Uh, And I wrote, this quote unnerves me not because of the dark vision it sheds light on, but because for 10 long years, it never occurred to user uh, Call of (laughs) Drew Thulu to ask his friends what they were quoting. (laughs) Some friends. All right, that was my reflection on that YouTube comment. 
Well, they were all stoned. I mean, that's, yeah. So, Adam, what are you, what are you writing in these I, days? We claim, we purport to be a, a podcast about notebooks and writing utensils. So, what's going on in your world? All right, I'm using the Field Notes Underland. We discussed that an episode or two back, I think. Um, but uh, the, the, I've been mixing it up with metallic Sharpies because yeah. stolen from my youngest, the aforementioned kindergartner, the uh, Easter Bunny brought him some permanent bronze, gold, and silver Sharpies. And so I just I tested one, and I really liked it. And uh, Sharpies seem a little less fascistic than they did like four months ago. Um, and so I noticed that these these metallic Sharpies weren't bleeding through. So then, but they were his. So then I started kind of looking to see what we've got. And we've got a, maybe, a, you know, I'm colorblind. So it's maybe it's teal, maybe it's pink. That one, that which was mine and did not belong to my child, that one did bleed through, even though it was a finer point than these metallics. You're telling me it didn't, didn't bleed through a field notes no, piece of the gold, page? No, the gold, huh. well, it's bronze I think I used. The bronze did not bleed through at all. Wow. So so I so I started. And this is a marker we're talking about. Oh yeah, it's pen? a real one. It's like a. Wow. It's a. It's they're all technically fine point. That is what I've discovered in doing a little experimentation with this. But uh, I mean, it's not like a real. It's not like what you'd use to like address a, put an address on a box. It's not like a box marker. But this, it's okay. a real sharpie. It's not a sharpie pen or something. But the you know the one that I had same type of sharpie but it's a, like a tealish pinkish maybe something that one bled right through so then I started looking at what I had and I have this um, Pentel sign pen that came in one of the CW pencil boxes I like the way that thing writes a lot but that bleeds right through uh, kind of yeah hmm. that one bleeds through maybe not as much as the the pinkish sharpie so then I decided to buy my own metallic sharpies and I I um, you know, because I don't have the Easter Bunny to uh, deliver anything. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Go right to the source. Yeah. Uh, Five-pack includes the bronze, includes the gold, includes the silver, but also has a metallic blue and a metallic red. Now, full disclosure, I haven't tried the metallic red yet, but the metallic blue <laughs> looks really, really cool, bleeds right through. Hmm. Um, yeah, so this is my little tip that uh, people try this, try this metallic bronze Sharpie but also, you know, it's kind of a weird thing to be writing with this metallic. Puts a lot of ink. Well, no, I mean, you know, I, I like that. I know you. I know you to be someone who enjoys uh, an inky pen yep. and writing with a, a large hand. Yep. But Adam, this is a little ridiculous. What do you get? Four letters on the page with a with a bronze with sharpie. The, with the bronze, you get seven. Really. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you get seven. The the. Well, so so it turns out that the bronze that you purchased. Does not bleed through? Is that our the, conclusion? The bronze here? does not bleed through. Yeah, the bronze does not bleed through. Okay. I should try the gold and the silver oh. and the metallic red. But the weird thing, I think, is that the these uh, the metallic blue, which looks really cool. I, I recommend this metallic blue Sharpie too, but not for writing in your field notes. And that one bleeds right through. That one's the worst of the bunch. Anyway, I wanted to give a little Sharpie update. And uh, sure. and I would, I would welcome... I haven't done any research, really, but I would welcome any... Uh, input that listeners have about which which sharpies this is or any you know any professional who can tell me why well, this first, bronze one doesn't bleed through first of all your assertion that you haven't done any research is of course absurd after you've just described uh 
a, a massive campaign to, in fact, research the <laughs> yeah, characteristics yeah. of okay. various Sharpie markers. Fair enough, fair enough. Can I, um, so my... I guess what I'm trying to say is there's probably a blog post from I'm sure. the Pen Addict that has like a text sure. of all the bleed-throughs for all the Sharpies, and I haven't looked for that. I'm yet. sure. Yeah. So send that to yeah, me. With the Brad, chemical, Mike, chemical anybody. composition breakdown. Right. My, my relationship to Sharpies is that I like the idea of a Sharpie. Like, uh, uh, if I see an orange Sharpie, which there are strange, a strange number of them in my life for no, no apparent reason, I will take it and put it in my pocket and carry it around because I really like the idea of having an orange Sharpie that I can just bust out when whatever, there's some magical, uh, as yet non-existent, situation in which a, sh- a sharpie will be very convenient and perfect for the task at hand and it i'll have this orange one and i like orange and it'll just be everything will sync up uh, it's never actually happened i carry the orange sharpie around right. for a while before realizing i've not written anything with it anywhere uh, and an orange sharpie wouldn't even be good for the the bo- box labeling tasks right. and whatnot but i love the idea of it that's all what about the notebook, though? Maybe it wouldn't bleed through. I mean, it's absolutely going to bleed through. Okay. Only, I don't know where that the magical went, bronze doesn't bleed through. That's probably <laughs> magical because we figured it out. It's because it came from the yeah. Easter Bunny. I mean, it's obvious. Yeah. It's magical. Yep. Magic. It's a magic marker. I love, yeah, we both love Monocle Magazine. It's true. Talk, talked about it a lot. Um, there's not always content that speaks to me on the level of uh the take note podcast which we're recording right now and you're listening to hopefully uh that all changed uh i believe in march of 2021 uh they had an issue on i don't know doing things better or less or more they often kind of are telling you what to do Uh, it's hard to hard to remember what their angle is that go around it's it's mostly just an excuse to make a magazine it's like come on just make your magazine uh anyway um one of their sort of things to do was uh write in notebooks more with nice pens so but what they did was they they kind of did a survey of a bunch of writers uh and just asked them that classic question uh what are you writing with uh what paper uh, what writing utensils? So a really great survey of a lot of writers I haven't heard of, a couple notables. Um, but that did not take away at all from the the fun sort of collection of, uh, of folks. <clears throat> With a nice introduction, um, a nice introduction essay from a writer named Nadia Terranova. It's an amazing name. Sicilian-born, Rome-based writer uh, who wrote Farewell Ghosts. Italian. Uh, anyway, she said, uh, uh, at one point I understood that you could make literature out of your own life. And I thought in the context of writing in notebooks, I thought that was um, a, a, laudable, a laudable notion that, uh, that, that you can sort of, even on a daily basis, rewrite the details of your life in a way that appeals to you or that brings some kind of structure or some poetry to your life that, uh, that might not otherwise be there, which I in a way, I feel like that's kind of our enterprise here with our what do you gots. A few other highlights. Um, let's see. One writer 
Tsitsi Dongaremba says, I use a fountain pen for special fragments, especially when I've worked on a piece or passage for a long time and it reads well at last. And that, of course, reminded me of uh, number one fan of the show, occasional co-host Ryan Sly, who has a very deliberate approach to his fiction in which he will kind of iterate uh, with different notebooks. You know, he'll work with one notebook and a pencil for his first draft and then iterate and then type it out. And then uh, when he feels it's in a really good place, he'll retranscribe it with a really nice fountain pen into a really nice notebook. Another little tidbit from uh, writer Jenny Offill. Off, that's all filled, not awful. Um, she, I, I was vibing this one. First, she said, I do not allow myself to buy fancy pens because I just lose them or they explode in my purse. <laughs> uh, so, spirit animal. Um, and she concluded by saying, I try to get my notebooks in some color other than black so I can spot them quickly in my backpack. I thought that was a nice little, uh, a nice little hack. And then finally, as I jump around, I do suggest you go and find this and read them in detail because a lot of these writers use some really, uh, really take note friendly um, materials. But then, of course, our old friend David Sedaris offered uh, offered his preferred uh, tools. I'll just read the whole thing. My preferred notebook is a pocket size roll bond. The kind that I like is bound along the top, and the only place I can find them anymore is in Japan. Someone should tell Mr. Sedaris about the internet. Little Atsu is where he wants to... That's where I've been getting mine, I think. Little Atsu. Ah, okay. I'll have to follow up on that. Uh, he continues, Tucked inside my notebook is a Carandash palladium-coated Ecridor XS Retro Ballpoint Pen. It's a bit longer than my index finger and has a great weight. And I thought to myself, this genius man, who else would describe a pen as being a bit longer than my index <laughs> finger? I thought that was uh, delightful. So anyway, that's Monocle Magazine. Check it out yourself. It's, it's pretty much, you know, it'll... Uh, moleskin is heavily represented, but when it comes to cool pens... It, it, surprisingly, it actually makes me think that uh, moleskin almost deserves a second shot for all these professional writers to use it as much as they do. Um, or maybe they, maybe they like make it through their notebooks much more quickly than, than I do. I don't know. Um, mine, I still have a bunch of like broken, fallen apart moleskins. The art though, including the drawings of the, all the moleskins by a guy named Adam Boardman is uh, really nice. Minimalistic drawings of notebooks and pens. They're beautiful. Yeah, no, that the, the art really struck me. Thank you for mentioning that. Really nice. I almost, I'll probably snip those out and, I don't know, glue them into somewhere. Um, glue them into a different great. issue of Monocle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so check that out. Um, I don't know about you, but here in Houston, starting to get hot, starting to feel a little bit like summer. Oh, really? Uh Felt like it was uh, probably time to kick back in one of our one of our more popular series, our sort of recurring series, the Take Note Podcast Summer Beverage Series, just to get you ready to ready to quaff, uh, ready I to almost, refresh. Almost forgot that segment existed, Ted. Yeah, uh, it's time. Uh, so let's do it. The sun is hot. 
life's pressures got you down If only you had a little something to wash it down Let's do this again next week, Adam. What do you say, buddy? I'm refreshed, Ted. <laughs> this is uh, this is Take Note. You can find us on the web at takenote.space. That doesn't sound like a website, but it is, I promise. Uh, lots of great blog content over there. Adam's been killing it with uh, what's on his desk, some really nice photos and uh, some Google Maps traveling that you'll want to enjoy. Uh, you'll find us on Twitter, twitter.com slash takenote. Pod, take care.